Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Kanye West released his latest album, Jesus is King, on Friday, and the Ringer is breaking down every angle on Ringer Dish, including where this album ranks in the Kanye canon. And on our website, we have a site-wide exit survey with our instant reactions to the album, and Micah Peters and Rob Harvilla giving their analysis as well. You can find the Ringer Dish podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and our written Kanye content on theringer.com. All right, all right, all right. My taste buds, my hungry homies, my culinary comrades, we have done it. We're back. It's another delicious episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. On the Ringer Podcast Network, I am your hungry host, Joe House. My varsity victual, my victual varsity. I keep messing that up. Uh, what a show. We had to work long and hard to get this guest. He is the star of a wildly popular YouTube channel called You Suck at Cooking. He has a book out. It's called You Suck at Cooking. It's the absurdly practical guide to sucking slightly less at making food. He's a terrific guest. I had a great time chatting with him. We're going to go ahead and get right in that belly with Mr. You Suck at Cooking. Oh, my hungry homies, what a day to be alive. We have, we always have special guests here at House of Carbs, but today it's a very special guest, a very, very special guest because we don't know who the hell this person is. I think it's a he. It is a he that um, calls himself a YouTuber, or at least his book calls him a YouTuber. His channel has over 2 million subscribers with 190 million plus channel views on the line today. Mr. You Suck at Cooking, the wildly popular YouTube channel. What's happening, my man? Oh, you know, just uh, stone cold chilling. As, as, <laughs> as, as one does. Now, uh, I want to get your permission to call you something. I don't know what to call you. Uh, I called you my homie a little bit ago. Um, can I call, my, my suggestions are, I have Mr. A, you could be Mr. A for the purposes of this show, and A stands for anonymous acid head. You could be Mr. B, Mr. B would be a badass motherfucker, or you could be Mr. C for, for cocksure chef, or if you have some other name, you're allowed, but those are my, that, those are what I came up with. What what can I call you? Um, I don't I don't know if any of those are too accurate to be honest. Definitely not cocksure chef. Um, maybe stumbling um, person who attempts to make stuff on occasion. Um, people call me Wisefac on my channel, which is you know the acronym. But yeah, uh, yeah. you can you can just uh, make up names as you go if you like. I like that. I'm gonna go with Mister Wisefac. Um, because it feels like a distant cousin of Mr. Ballsack and somehow mm, or another, mm -hmm. it feels like there's a, uh, there's a common ground there. If, if I may be so bold. 
You may be so bold, yes. Thank you. So um, I want to start with the YouTube uh, before we get to the book. The book is brand new. It just came out in October. So all the taste buds know we're going to be talking about the book. But I want to start with YouTube because that was is your original claim to fame. Um, and that's the thing that so far has 2 million subscribers. I hope you sell 2 million books as well. You should make every one of your subscribers buy a book or, or kick them off the channel. Um, the uh, Washington Post, so this isn't me, says it's a remarkably enter entertaining and at times deeply strange YouTube channel that features five-minute videos of some dudes, disembodied hands, fumbling through recipes and delivering absurdist humor in an unassuming kitchen. Do you think that that's accurate? That sounds pretty accurate. And yeah, that's, this, a, that's a good summary. It's about, um, the channel is about four years old or a little over four years old now. Is that right? Yeah. Coming up on five in January. Yeah. So, um, I, well, I'm interested in like the origin story. Where did this thing come from? It's a really boring origin story. Um, I had heard that people were, you know, making YouTube videos. And um, I heard about tutorial videos that people were doing this for a living, that uh, this is a thing you could try out. And I, you know, um, I'd seen quite a few tutorial videos myself and a lot of them were talking heads and I just thought it would be fun to try to make a tutorial video a bit differently and, you know, not involve a head and just get straight into it rather than, you know, talk about say the origin of where anything comes from to just, you know, immediately start. And so my original idea was, okay, I'll, I'll make some cooking tutorials and I won't waste any time. But then I quickly started wasting a ton of time with just all the ridiculous stuff instead of the actual tutorial part as it evolved. Um, but that's it. I just wanted to try it out, really. Well, I, 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 I think um, the internet uh, has rendered a verdict. And I, I think you, you trying it out was a good idea. Um, I have observed from your YouTube videos a few things. I want to start with uh, the aesthetic. And by aesthetic, I mean this. You have beautiful hands and apparently hairless arms. How much time a week would you say you spend on uh, appendage maintenance? I'd say I don't spend enough time on appendage maintenance. My mom told me I should get a manicure at one point, and it's something I've never done. Um, but as far as the hairlessness goes on my arms, that's probably just from me burning it off from trying to learn how to cook early on. Um, well, I think that I, you know it 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 delivers the intended message, which is this is a serious chef. A serious chef does, can't have hair on on his or her arms because the serious chef has burned him him or herself um, too many times to count. I mean, that's my takeaway. Yeah, a serious chef, a careless chef, a chef that has no idea what they're doing, or someone who's not a chef like me. 
right all all of the above seem to fit (laughs) um i'm also happy that um for the most part uh and I, what are you on in terms of episodes? You're in the high 90s. 100 is feels like it's right around the corner. What what episode are we on right now? 98, I think. 99. Yeah, I just just finished 98. Okay, so through as I I haven't consumed every one of the 98, but in the majority of the ones that I've seen, your hands don't seem to be too heavily bandaged. So I was kind of relieved at that because there is a lot of knife work. Uh, and sometimes there are other devices that appear in the videos that look like they could be harmful to hands if not handled properly. So I, I uh, kudos to you for avoiding those injuries. Is there a technique to avoiding injury? Yeah, actually, the technique was I listened to people commenting on my channel. If you look at my early videos and um, you see people calling me out for, you know, just not knowing how to chop at all. And so once I saw the feedback, I had to go out and actually learn things like the claw grip, um, you know, to keep your fingers out from underneath the blade and things like that. So um, in a lot of ways, my skills, you know, to the extent that they've improved, which has been at least a little bit, I owe that to people who've piped up and have been like, uh, dude, (laughs) what are you doing? You know? I so I I'm I'm glad that you mentioned. Can we call them the commenters, the YSAC yeah, commenters? Yeah. Is that okay to call them that? Sure, I suppose so. It's a it's a great community, and one of the things that I um quickly uh, caught my attention and and found uh, very attractive was the um, earnest. Well, I don't need to characterize the comments, but I liked how many there were. And I liked um, how helpful it was. It's a very positive commenter community, if I may say so, Mr. Wysak. I I agree with you. I actually, I feel like the, the commenting that happens after video is posted, it's almost like the after show. It's almost like the, there's the video and then there's the comments, which are, if you want more, there's tons of other funny stuff from people who have watched and who have just riffed off of something in the video or who've continued a joke or um, mentioned uh, a previous thing from another video that happens to relate and, and bringing that around. So it's it's really fun. It's taken on like its own life, this commenter community, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be its own thing. Is there a, a way, how, how can I go down that rabbit hole? Just start in the comments, and then is there a, is there one commenter or a couple commenters that um, you would recommend that I spend my time with? Um, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't say there's. I mean, there are a couple who come up every now and then, but it's different on every video. You know, the cream rises to the top, and you'll just find some hilarious stuff on different videos, and most most often, or more often than not, it it does get seen by enough people to get voted up. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's different for every video for the most part. Okay. Um, one of the other things, speaking of the, uh, YouTube, the aesthetic of, of the episodes, um, I find the music on the episodes to be lovely 
and um, thoughtful. And um, I don't mean this to be offensive, but I find the music to be better than the recipes. Um, do you compose and and play all the music yourself, or is that a do you have a hired gun for that exercise? Yeah, I I see what you mean. It's hard to know whether or not to take that as a compliment or an insult, <laughs> but I'll take it as a compliment because sometimes the music is pretty polarizing and 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 some people don't like it at all. But um, yeah, I do I do compose and uh, record it all myself. Oftentimes, very last minute, um, depending on the song. Sometimes the song can take more time than the entire video. Oftentimes, it's the last part and I'm really just trying to finish things up and also I need to learn how to actually sing please don't ever learn how to actually sing <laughs> and okay, I, I just would like to, to make this observation I mean we're not going to go down the path of your identity but it from my the chair that I sit in here in Washington D.C. you have some kind of um, accomplished background in music for for you. It was a it's a modest observation that you just made, which is often at the last minute you're you're composing the music and playing it um, and doing the songs. If that's true, then you doing it in that manner really suggests that you have some musical acumen. Because, like I said in my compliment a little bit ago, the music is lovely. I really enjoy it. I mean, it might just mean that you're tone deaf. <laughs> it's a great point. I really might be. In fact, I might just be like on the way towards deaf in general, um, which anyone who's ever listened to this <laughs> podcast might might accuse me of because I, I'm constantly yelling. Um, I uh, would like to talk about this brand new book that bears the name of your YouTube channel, You Suck at Cooking, The Absurdly Practical Guide to Sucking Slightly Less at Making Food Available Everywhere Books Are Sold, Including the Internet. Um, I, I'm going to ask this question. I, again, don't mean it to sound offensive, but I've come to appreciate that that um you may or may not have a hand in every aspect of this assuming you wrote the book why did you write a book are you trying to ask how big my team of ghostwriters is well that's an answer um <laughs> it, it tells a story i don't know how big is your team of ghostwriters it's not very big. No, I, I did write the book. I wrote the book all by myself. And had I known how difficult that would be when I agreed to write the book, I'm not sure I would have done it. <laughs> well, I will say you did. There's 60 recipes in here as well as um, an introduction and, uh, you know, some some kind of uh, set the table kind of instruction things you might need you know I'll, I'll, it's it's not a small undertaking here um why so ambitious with your with your first book couldn't couldn't you have saved some of it for the second book well 
I, I think it's just the nature of contractual obligations. <laughs> you know, you, okay. you agree like, okay, 60 recipes. I've already done at least that much on my channel. And I didn't know it was ambitious when I started. I thought, yeah, I've totally got this. And then, you know, you agree to do it. And then, I mean, for me, there is quite a bit of the paralyzing fear of, wow, I actually have to do this now. And then, oh my God, what if this is awful? I've never done this before, you know? And then at a certain point you have to start working. Um, but um, I, I don't think it's, I mean, I didn't know. I don't know if it's ambitious. It's just, it's just a lot of work. That's all. But I'm glad I, hear I did you. it. And I, well, I, I will yeah. say I'm glad, glad you did it too. And this is a terrific segue into one of my favorite parts of the book, which is the mental game. So in, in you, <laughs> you, you, you lay out here very helpfully five different components to the, the, the mental game. Is it five? Yes. Just, yes. Only five. That's great. Five is always the best number when you're giving tips and <laughs> you, 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 you outline that overcoming mental obstacles is the most difficult part of cooking for many people. And this really resonated with me because every single time I'm confronted with the proposition of cooking, which is every night because I'm a human and I need to eat um, and I eat at night. Um, I, I'm challenged by all, all, all of these um, uh, observations that you um, so so uh, rapturously capture. Mental block number one: it might suck. So uh, help us, help us, help my my taste buds listening to this uh, uh, podcast understand what you mean by it might suck as as part of the mental game. Yeah. So with that part of the mental game, I think what I was thinking about there mostly was when you're cooking for someone else, it can be really intimidating if you're not experienced because, you know, if you don't have the experience to know it's going to turn out great, um, you're worried about being judged. And it can also just feel like a waste of time if you're cooking for yourself and it, and you think it might turn out to be garbage. Right. So, and I know for me, um, when I was learning to cook and I'm still learning to cook and I'll always be learning to cook because it's the sort of never ending thing. Um, just getting over the fear that something might not work out the way I planned um, is a big part of that. Um, and I think it's something most people probably struggle with when they're first getting into that or anything really, you know? And um, so I tried to just talk a bit about, how there's just a huge range of <laughs> so-called errors you can make and and still have things turn out fine. This this is part of the um the 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 great appeal of all of your work, Mr. Wysack. That that overwhelming positivity, that reassuring uh um sense that you deliver as you your own self um embark upon the trial and error uh, that is a lifetime uh, of cooking. I, I also suffer from the mental block um, that's number five, which is cleaning. Uh, and I see what you say here. You give out um, guidance on 
uh, different tools that you can use and 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 mentality to deploy. Let let's share that um, particular one with our col- our culinary comrades out there. Um, yeah, you know, mainly, mainly. I mean, I do. I think that's a huge one, especially since you can order out everything now, right? Yes. Um, it's so easy to just get something delivered. If I mean, if you live in a city, at least. Um, so that one becomes even more difficult because it just feels like a waste of time. So the main thing I try to do is clean while I'm cooking. There's a lot of cleaning you can do and you can reduce your dishes to almost zero a lot of the time by the time you're ready to eat. Um, yes. And then, I mean, I think the other aspect of that is just multitasking, cleaning while listening to a great podcast like House of Carbs or something like that can really just make the time fly by. Oh, um, wow. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try not to um, insult you directly or indirectly anymore for the rest of this whole podcast. Taste Buds, quick break from this excellent chat with Mr. Wysack. Want to tell you about Oris watches. For over 115 years, Oris has been making purely mechanical watches in Holstein, Switzerland. Staying true to a rich heritage, Oris is now one of the few Swiss watch companies to remain independently owned and operated. Because of this independence, Oris has the freedom to follow its own path. They're focused on bringing change for the better, which means making choices that are ecologically, socially, and financially responsible. That includes ocean conservation and recycled plastic partnerships. Of course, that's along with Oris's century-long commitment to making inventive, high-functioning, Swiss-made watches that serve a real purpose, that is to tell time, and at prices that make sense, the best possible watch for the money, comprised of four Oris worlds, diving, aviation, motorsport, and culture, that one's right up our alley, Oris watches are made for everyday wear. Oris is a longtime favorite of people who know watches because of what they represent. It's always a great time to buy a new watch, but the holiday season is quite possibly the most perfect opportunity to gift someone with a suave new watch. Check out oris.ch slash carbs to find the Oris watch that matches your style. That's O-R-I-S dot C-H slash carbs. And you can get yourself right there to a beautiful, beautiful timepiece for your wrist. As you sat down and, you know, came up with like a book proposal, um, did you have a any particular audience in mind? I mean, I think kind of like your YouTube audience would be a natural target for a book like this, but is there like a human being or two or 10 uh, with particular human traits that you had in mind for, for the book? Yeah, I'll give you a threefold answer here. Yes. Um, one, yes, it's, it's a really good book for beginners, for people who are getting into cooking. 
um, because, you know, I have that basics chapter. And for me, um, I just like to th- keep things simple. And I just noticed that one of the things that really kept me from trying to cook something a lot of the time was a long ingredient list. So I put a lot of effort into just creating recipes that had as small an ingredient list as you could get away with while, while um, it's still tasting good. So, so beginners and people who don't want to go buy a whole bunch of new ingredients to try new things, that's sort of one group of people I had in mind. Another was just people who like simple stuff um, and who, you know, like cooking easy things that don't, that aren't so much into, you know, getting into super fancy stuff, which is its its, its own segment, right? Getting into much more complicated stuff can be really fun too, if you've got the time and, you know, the experience enough to feel confident about that. But I just, I think anyone who likes simple recipes would probably enjoy a lot of what's in here. And Third, I I tried to write a cookbook that you'd want to read cover to cover, even if you didn't want to cook anything in it. So I tried to make it interesting all the way through. I tried to put a lot of little things in, not just the head notes of every recipe, but in the instructions, just to try to make it um, entertaining. And actually, it's a four-part answer. Um, it's also just, this whole thing is just a, a, a reflection of my limitations. You know, this is kind of where I'm at with making stuff right now, which is fairly simple. It's just kind of the way I like to to go about things. Well, I, I um, have to give you kudos then um, with that uh, four part answer and with the, the, the variety of audience you have in mind. I will say as an example of you having achieved what it sounds like your goal is I'm uh, on page let's see here 89 90 page 90 starts with sandwiches and I would just like to uh, observe to to all of the victual varsity out there you've um, done a a tremendous service to the eating community with your uh, broad recitation of types of sandwiches and then immediately followed by sandwich principles. And then this is really what what uh, I think I'm going to make a copy out of the book and post this on the wall in my office, my podcast office, and, and at home, the International Sandwich Structural Integrity Chart. This is indispensable. <laughs> it's absolutely, this is a, a, a life-altering uh, um, chart and... Uh, Level 10 is especially something that I feel like I can refer to for the the rest of my life, which is one-handing a sandwich while traveling through a wormhole to the universe next door. So I just encourage everybody, you know, if I'm not going to tell anybody how to read a book, but if, if, if you want to jump right in and, you know, have your life change when it comes to sandwiches, go right to page 90 and get yourself, get your head around what this uh, uh, this sandwich infrastructure is, is all about. That's my public service uh, in furtherance of your own public service with this thing, Mr. Wysack. Well, I, I'm, I'm I, glad you find it, find it valuable. Yeah. So I, I, I want to go deep in a, in a few uh, different um, sort of aspects and, 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 and characters here. 
uh, that that emanate from the book, but also appear in the YouTube episodes. So um, first, I have to ask you about Pimblocto. Um, did I say it right? Yeah, you said it right. Okay. It and and what is Pimblocto? Well, that's a bit of a sore spot, but um, he's you know. Uh, I guess you could say a childhood friend of mine who um, happens to be a robot who was gifted right. to me um, at Christmas when I was around uh, six or seven, something like that. And and why is it a sore spot? Oh, just we've we've had our differences and we haven't spoken almost a year now. And he tried oh, I... to shoot me and kill me with a laser beam. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things that I wanted to know about was, was just that, that kind of effort. Um, how were you able to ward, ward him off? Well, he stole my car and drove away. He, he, so he, you escaped by him stealing your car. You, your yeah, life was, yeah. was spared by him, by his theft. Uh, well, well, he shot me with a laser beam first before stealing my car. But it wasn't um, a, a a a lethal beam shot. Yeah, he might have had it set to stun. Uh huh. Yeah, because I survived. So yeah, because we're talking. Um. So is that the yeah. reason that when I go to P in the index, there is no entry for Pimblocko? Pimblocko in this book. Well, I mean, you know, I like I said, I didn't have any ghost writers. Um, and you know, even if he did contribute, he wouldn't be able to be listed. So, I mean, the, he is on the first page and the very first page of the entire book, but aside right. from that, yeah, there's, uh, there was really no read, no need to, uh, really involve him. That makes a lot of sense. Now I, I have enjoyed the handful of episodes, um, that it appears he, uh, in his own stead, have had the lead narrative role with. I'm wondering if for episode 100, which is right around the corner, there is a a, a, a piece that could be made between you and Pimblocto. I can't say it. Pimblocto. <laughs> I don't know. I would not get your hopes up for that. Oh, I'm, I'm slightly heartbroken, but I, you know, sometimes... Somebody shoots you with a laser beam and you have to write them off. Sometimes, yeah. You know, it, it's impossible to know what the future holds, but um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't get my hopes up too high about that anytime soon. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm also interested in the Wang Jangler. Uh, I'd like to discuss <laughs> it. Um, why the Wang Jangler? Like, why do people use them? Well, I know why people use them. Um, we're talking about spatulas. I'm interested in why you you decided to give the spatula um, this this name. Well, I don't know. I think when you get into wang jangling, it's just pretty obvious, you know, that that's uh, that that's the verb you'd use when using a, a wang jangler. That you'd wang jangle it. Um, I think it's just. Um, you know, one of those things where just a, a natural order of letters emanates from an object and it's just the way it should be. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't share this, but I'm gonna. When I put my hands <laughs> in my pockets, 
sometimes. <laughs> There's been times in my life when I've engaged in some wang jangling. And really, but I never you must felt have a really like small spatula in there. That's what I was getting at. Bang. So that's what I'm I'm <laughs> wondering about. Um, how big is your wang jangler? I mean, you can you can see it on almost any episode. Yeah, but it seems like you have more than one. Am I wrong? Most people do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Most people do. Do you have any wang jangler that is a uh, you know a special nearest and dearest to your heart if you if you had to rank your wang janglers is there one that's better than the others i treat all wang janglers equally mm, that makes a lot of sense they keep it keeps them all temperamentally uh um e equal right you know what i do have i do have a set of very special wang janglers that a friend of mine got engraved and sent to me those are probably my nearest and dearest wang janglers Wow, dude! And what, what occasions do you break break out those wang janglers? I I don't use them for wang jangling. Those are these are just special show pieces. Ah, yes. As a, a well, you are literally a showman because what you have on the YouTube's is is a show with two million people that watch it. So it's that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me. Um, I want to I want to ask you about um, the 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 wabs. Uh, we're talking about weak ass broth syndrome and mm -hmm. I'm asking you to, to, to help me rank this priority wise on, if on a scale of crimes against humanity on one end, we have torture by the rack. I mean, we're talking about, you know, millennia ago where, um, you know, people who, who, uh, desired information or other kinds of concessions from other human beings, would put their extremities in into uh, um, uh, stirrups and and other kinds of clasps, and then and then pull those extremities apart. That's one end of the crimes against humanity. And then on the other end, we have poke, uh, the uh, horrific uh, diced tuna fad. Where would you put um, weak ass broth syndrome if that's the scale? I don't understand that scale at all. You know why? Because it doesn't why? make any sense. It doesn't make any right. sense. They're both so bad things. The They're both really bad things. Um, Got it. Is Wab, how right. bad is Wabs? Is, ba is Wabs bad? Maybe Wabs isn't I that mean, bad. It, it depends. I mean, if you like weak-ass broth, then it's not that bad. It seems like your, your, your community doesn't like weak-ass broth. I don't imagine no, your mean, commenters. Yeah, I mean, it's meant to be something to watch out for that you want to avoid, right? I mean, you taste the broth, if it's too weak, add some more stuff or whatever. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's, um, I think, I mean, I think on the scale of life problems, it, it figures pretty low. Okay, good. I like that. I'm glad that we've established it's not anywhere near um, the torture rack or poke. It's, 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 a, it's a lot less severe problem. Seems like it. Yeah, but, that's, I'm gonna, but it's pretty relative, you know? Yeah, sure. Everybody's got their own style. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of their own style, one of the things that I've gleaned, you have asserted that brown is the color that has the most flavor. Do you, do you still stand by that? You know, I mean, there's a couple exceptions, but, you know, can I put this in a bit of context, essentially? I would I love was, it. 
was talking about when if you cook food and you brown things, that gives it flavor. It's almost always a good thing. And I know for me, when I, you know, first started cooking, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Do you want to brown something? Do you want to avoid browning it? So, you know, I say brown, brown tastes good. White is boring. Say if you're talking about potatoes or something like that, or, or yeah, brown has, is the color that has the most flavor. Or I mean, a better way to say it would be browning something gives it more flavor because, you know, if you look at something like, you know, have you ever had durian fruit? You know, um, I am aware of it. I've never been in its presence. Uh, I know that some people have an absolute uh, uh, aversion to it, a, a, a um, an existential aversion to it, uh, but I've never uh-huh. had the privilege. H- have, have you encountered I mean, it in your life? I have, and that's yellow, and that has more flavor than anything I know of. So, you know, brown doesn't necessarily have the most flavor, but browning things is generally a good thing to do. I agree with this. That's a very sound principle. Is that in the book? Browning things is a good thing um, to do? Yeah, I think I have a section called burn things in the beginning where I talk about the Maillard reaction. Great, Which great, is what browning right. is. Yes, right. Um, I know all of your recipes are like uh, your children. You love them all equally. But if... That's let's, not true. Let's just, oh, okay. Well, great. I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we can... Uh, discard this this ridiculous setup that i imagined which of the recipes there are 60 in here do you have a ranking i don't have a ranking but i have a few favorites okay let's talk about them the spicy peanut butter soup that that i made on my channel a long time ago that's one of maybe one of the first things that i think i really adapted um in a way that i really thought like oh i did something good here you know Mm. uh that one's a big favorite among friends, too. I get asked to make that. Um, I really like the sausage chickpea curry. Um, oh, yeah. And I really like the leaky olive chicken. Okay. Um, and I really like the green eggs. It's kind of like a pesto eggs. Um, right. Actually, you're right. I like them all equally. They're all really good. <laughs> well, I... I, uh, I um personally um thought the uh sausage curry it leapt off the page at me i haven't tried any of these recipes yet um because i'm still working my way through the book and i might end up being one of those people um who possesses the book and never cooks one thing in it but just reads the book um is that okay did did you buy the book yourself or did we send you a free copy i think you sent me a free copy Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, good. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> what what one um last last. Well, I had two last questions for you. Do you ever eat at a restaurant? Um, yes, I eat at restaurants frequently. And is there a without revealing too much? Is there a cuisine that you prefer over other cuisines? Um. I'd say there's a handful of cuisines that I really like. Um, but I mean, there's no cuisine I don't like, so. Oh, wow. Okay. I like it. I, I, that's, I mean, that, I, I don't know if I, why I was like, thinking there might be a, um, 
a different kind of answer in there. Uh, it just seems like Wait. between producing YouTube uh, episodes and this book that there wouldn't be a lot of time for eating out because you're 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 in front of the stove quite a bit. Um, well, it it really goes in phases for me. Like I'll go through periods of time where I'm cooking a lot, but then I'll go through periods of time where it's just all takeout. All right, all right, Mr. Wysak. I have taken up um, far too much of your time already. Hungry homies out there, you suck at cooking. The absurdly practical guide to sucking slightly less at making food is the book. Do you have a preference, Mr. Wysak, as to where people purchase the book? Do you want to, uh, to no. recommend is, is any anywhere books are sold, They you should go. You should go to independent bookstores and buy it. You should go online and buy it. You should buy it from the Amazon machine. There's all kinds of ways to buy the book. Buy the book wherever it's sold. Is is that right? Yeah, yeah. And if I mean, if it's not in somewhere, you could ask them to order it in if you want to get it from, uh, say, an indie bookstore or something like that. But you should be able to find it in a variety of places. Yeah, and uh, may I, if I may say so myself, it's almost gift season. This this would make a terrific gift uh, as as the holidays approach. Um, last last thing for you. The hundredth YouTube episode is right around the corner. Um, is there anything special in in the works? Is there anything uh, uh, special planned? Yes, I do. I have something special planned. I I thought of this maybe twenty episodes ago. I knew what I was going to do for this episode, and uh, and I think it's going to be very special. Oh, I I now I can't wait. Um, about when do you think that episode will, will get, uh, published within three weeks? I mean, I'll, I'll do another video on Tuesday and then within two weeks of that video, my hundred so should be out. We're, we're taping today is Tuesday, November the 5th. So maybe like Thanksgiving week, is it going to, is the hundredth episode going to coincide with Thanksgiving? It, yeah, it'll probably, probably be that week. There's a good oh. chance. I mean, oh. it won't be it won't be later than that week, but it'll be I, that week at the latest. I'm already looking forward to Thanksgiving. It is my, um, unsurprisingly, my number one all time favorite holiday because of all the eating. And we at House of Carbs really appreciate the carbs dedication that all of America devotes to the to the Thanksgiving holiday. And here we are, Mr. Wysack, yet another beautiful thing for all of us to consume that week. The hundredth episode of USEC cooking right around that that Thanksgiving time frame. Mr. Wysack, thank you so much for the time today. We really enjoyed speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Our, our pleasure. Everybody go out and get this book. You suck at cooking. You can get it uh, bookstores anywhere. And check out uh, his YouTube channel. It's You Suck at Cooking. His Twitter, at You Suck at Cooking. No G at the end of it. Uh, cooking, C-O-O-K-I-N. And the Instagram, You Suck at Cooking. Thank you so much, Mr. Wysak. All right, my culinary comrades, there we go. Enormous thanks to Mr. Wysak. I hope we have occasion to be in each other's company again very soon. In the meantime, I'm headed out to Los Angeles, California. There's some, some, some things going down. I'm overdue for a visit. 
get yourself over to our Instagram at the House of Carbs. There's going to be eating and drinking in Los Angeles. Something's going down in LA town, and we're going to be throwing it up on the gram because that's how we do it. Until next week, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs> <laughs>